Welcome back, everybody, to another fun edition of the Rolex Whiskey Passion Project. I want to thank you all for listening. I'm loving to see that ratings are up. It's just getting busier and busier. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Today, I have a gentleman on who it's very late on this call for him, but I'm glad he jumped on. You all know how I love Black Adder. And the gentleman I have today, Mr. Dennis Deckel, has done some amazing Black Adders with Umra. Dennis, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Thank you for uh, having me here. No, I love it. Dennis, do you want to you want to introduce yourself to the audience? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I'm just recently 50 years old, living here in Sweden in the town where IKEA started. So of course I'm also working for <laughs> IKEA. Love that. Uh, we have a very small town in the city center, maybe 10,000 people, and. 5,000 of them are working on Ikea. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, it's an Ikea town. Hey, I'm going to be at Ikea on Saturday here in San Diego. We gotta, we're yeah. remodeling the kids, we're remodeling the kids' bedrooms, and we need some shelves and some desks. And I said to my wife, yeah. Ikea, that's where we go. <laughs> Sounds good. I nice. love that. Dennis, tell me something. Tell me about your journey with whiskey. For you... What are your first memories of drinking whiskey? You you can say like it was around 20 years ago that I had my first whiskey that I really liked. Before that, I didn't like whiskey, uh, but we got our first child in 2003. As I didn't like whiskey, then I went to... In Sweden, you can only buy whiskey and alcohol at one place. It's called Systembolaget. It's government-owned, so the only store that's selling liquor is Systembolaget. So wow. I went there and asked for the most gentle single malt I had. Can you guess what I uh, ended up with? It starts with a Glen. I mean, it could be a Glen Livid, a Glen Grant, a Glen Fiddick. He said, I mean, but it was Glen Grant. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Glen Grant was the first whiskey I liked. And what do you think you liked about it? No, but it was... I, I think I didn't have so many great whiskeys before. So this was the first nice... It was fruity, mild. Yeah, gentle thing to start with. So it was a good start. That, no, just to stop you for a second. I mean, what is the whiskey scene in Sweden like? Is whiskey a thing? Like, do people whiskey drink whiskey? Oh, yeah, I think in general we have the most whiskey clubs in the world in Sweden. Wow. Talking about how many people they're living in every town, there's a whiskey club. Club. Wow. Okay, so, so 2003, uh, you have a Glenmorangie. You're not in a whiskey club yet, but you like the taste. No. And uh, two years later, we got our second child. Uh, then it was time for an Abelor 12. Ooh. Okay. And uh, now I'm getting curious about whiskey, so I just had to, no, just joking, but two years uh, later again, 2007, I had a Balveni 15-year-old single barrel. Mm. And at that time, I really started that whiskey is kind of nice. So I joined a small group of people here in the town I live. The problem there was that it was more about drinking before than the whiskey taste in itself 
Yeah. So I was only in that club for about a uh, group for about one one year. Then me and my f- and a friend of mine we we thought of starting a real whiskey club in uh, our town. So my first project was to contact the brand ambassador for Ardbeg in Sweden. So this was 2009. We had a quite a quite a good first tasting. Uh, it was when roller coaster came, Ardbeg roller coaster. And then we which, had which, the, which ironically, which ironically for the listeners, they've just you know there's a new roller coaster, and I think what's it, a hundred and eight thousand dollars for the two bottles, the latest okay. edition of roller coaster that's coming out now. So you in two thousand, what's it, two thousand and nine when you had roller coaster with the Ardbeg brand ambassador? Yeah, uh, uh, but that was kind of what do you say about the uh, one hundred euros. Mm-hmm. Kind of both. We had the Art Bag 17, uh, Combin- Committee 2002, 1977, 1975, and very old 30. Well, that was the first, uh, what you I don't. I mean, I don't even think everyone really noticed, but that was pretty much a. I mean, that was a vintage whiskey tasting. Yeah, it was a good tasting. <laughs> and, and today, you, today, I mean, today that'd be said, a little more expensive. Yeah, a lot more, I would say. And and the, and yeah. the fact that you went from Glenvarangie to Avalar to to Belvani to Ardbeg, very different. Yeah. yeah. So now the club's going. Obviously, that those twenty six people were like, "That's a hell of an event you just threw." We like what you're doing. What goes yeah. next? We're still running the club. We have four tastings each year, but we have very good tasting. The last tasting was a red breast vertical, where we had as a top number the twenty seven year old port pipe. Mm-hmm. Wow! So we have had some very good tastings. So, so as you get, it's 2009 and are you, so in Sweden, it's already like it's a, in 2009, go back to that date, the whiskey clubs are, are, are a thing, but what's like, what are the whiskeys that you're generally, you know, from, because I, I want to go back to before whiskey was like, like it is now. So it was very like, I won't say underground, but it was a very, uh, more private experience. You know, this is pre Instagram and YouTube or oh, YouTube was around. But like the people that were drinking, were you able to try everything? I would imagine. Yeah, because yeah, we, we will come to that later on also. Uh, but we had some whiskey fairs, one quite big one in Stockholm at that time, but also some smaller fairs. But at that time, you could go and, for example, there are people we we can try a Caper Donish nineteen sixty nine. Strathila, 1960, oh, uh, Glebe, 1954, for for a good good price that you can't do today. No. Nah. So in that time, yeah, you should have bought more, more bottles at that time, but you can't I, think about that, that now. You can't. No, but you can look at what you got to drink. I mean, you got to, I mean, it was like when I was in Scotland a few weeks ago, you know, you come across that stuff and it's not that expensive. Because, you know, Scotland has a lot of whiskey. 
So you find a little place and you can get a 1969, you know, you know, a Glenn Grant or a 1956 Glenn Grant for like 40 bucks, you know, a Gordon McPhail one. And you're just like, whoa, Uh, this is very different whiskey. (laughs) I'm thinking around that time, like 2010, 2011, I bought a Cape Donish 1969, 40-year-old Gordon McPhail. I think it was around... Including shipping, 120 euros. And that was a lot of money, right? I mean, that was a lot of money. That wasn't like, oh. Yeah, still quite good whiskey for that money. Yeah. I mean, in that year as well. So now, okay, so the the whiskey club, I'm assuming, keeps growing. Yeah. You're getting all these tastings. And for you personally, your whiskey journey is getting bigger and bigger and you're trying more stuff? Absolutely. So around then 10 years ago, 2013, 14, I found that brand called Amrut. For me, it was like more that I was really interested more than, there were some people that went by who saw the whiskey fairs and said, "Oh, Indian single malt, uh, single malt, no way." So I was more curious to try it than I was afraid to try it. And I also loved that it came from another country. That it was not Japan. It was not Scotland. It was something different. Uh-huh. And I really liked the logo. So. That was a good start. I bought a few single casks from France. One was an uh, ex-bourbon. It was one port pipe and one PX sherry that I shared with some friends. And this was really good. This was something new. It was like bold. It was spicy. It was big. It was different. Mm-hmm. And in all of that, I was like... Oh, what shall I do now? And Amrut then released their first greedy angel. And for being a greedy angel in India, it's when a whiskey is eight year old. Then we have lost around 70 to 75% of the cask. Just so, so that this part is no, in, 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 in like in India and in Taiwan, you have these tremendous temperatures. So the barrel yeah. is just, you know, you, you you can't go forever. It's just, it's too much. So they can, you can drink a six-year-old barrel, but it tastes like a nine, ten-year-old because the whiskey uh, inside is just you maturing. Should, you, you, should, you should do it times three. So if you oh, have these five-year-old, it's a 15. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's mind-blowing what temperature does to a liquid. It, as for Bangalore, where it's Amrut Am- is, so... It's lying on 1,000 meters above sea level. And the humidity is very low. So it draws out the water from the cask, but the alcohol is rising. Yeah. All the time. What's the, I mean, so so cons- considering what you... I mean, if you're going back to two, 10 years ago, you know, there wasn't a lot of cask strength whiskey. Like they weren't doing cast strength single malts. That Belvani 15 single barrel was probably one of the higher ABVs of the time. 
around then. Yeah. Yeah. So when these Amruts and, and, and started coming on the market, you're like, whoa, that's like a, what, 47s, 49s. Like it's, it's, it's punchy. Uh, th- these these were around fifty six point five to yeah, fifty nine, <laughs> even more. <laughs> Almut definitely. I mean, uh, we were those three barrels you bought. Were those the first three barrels you bought, or you've been buying barrels? Uh, uh, as screens for signal casks. So that was kind of I couldn't reach them in in Sweden at that time, but. As Amrut first released their first single malt in Scotland in 2004, Sweden was the second country to take Amrut. So first Scotland, then Sweden. Wow. So we were we were really into it in the beginning. So I'm working for a company that are the importers of Amrut in Sweden also. Ah, so that's how, so you got a lot of access that way as well, of course, because you had access. Importers. We have the best sortiment of Amrut in the world. Wow, Dan, I didn't know that. I say, I think right now we have 30 different Amruts available to buy that I can get uh-huh. shipped to my store next week. Wow. Okay. So let's, let's keep on, let's keep on your journey. Now we're, that's 10 years yeah. ago. Amrut, you start there. Now, by the yeah. way, like I said, like whiskey is not even a thing. It's just, it hasn't happened yet. No. Like it has so, demand hasn't happened. No. So I like the whiskey. And then they released this first greedy angel. Angel on the package and on the bottle. Mm-hmm. A specific design for the greedy angel of Amrut. And I really love that one. I had been looking for a a tattoo that were could fit my three children's names and this angel also has two arms so the names were perfectly fitted into this uh, tattoo as the whiskey was really good i thought the distiller was really interesting and this angel i just thought this is me let's go for it so when i purchased my first greedy angel it was not so easy at the time because it was the first 10 year old was like i i don't know how many bottles that came to sweden but well i mean just just you mean just you know for the people listening just remember dennis said a few minutes ago 75 percent gone so like you don't get a yield of a lot of bottles you know in a short amount of time like you know most most of those barrels, Dan, what would you say would yield north of 300? This is going to be like 90. So so, so the, the first one was watered down to 46%. But you get more bottles. You got the, you got this five centiliter mini greedy angel with a cost strength 71%. With that. 71%. So 71%. So it's gone from 62.8 at the beginning up to 71 yep. in 10 years. I didn't know that they put the mini in. So you yeah. so okay. Okay. All right. So so now you're 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 in. You're committed. My whiskey cabinets was like Japanese whiskey and Scottish whiskey. So what should I do now? Yes, I would like to trade all my bottlings to get as many Amruts I can. So I 
starting like checking everywhere, Europe, Sweden, Scandinavia, and people who were happily changing bottles with me because they got Ardbeg, they got Yamasaki, they got everything that was made. And I did manage quite a lot of bottles in a quite short time. Wait, quant- okay, quantified. How many how many first releases did you pick up during that period? Uh, well, we didn't have a lot of bottlings, but I I got all the greedy ones. I got all the first uh, single malt, the first peated, the first peated cast drink, all those special bottlings. I did manage to uh, like change my other bottles with. Yeah, it started to get like an Amrut uh, shelf instead. <laughs> okay. So good. What I and how's, I, and how's the whiskey club? Are the whiskey club only drinking Amrut? Or you got other brands no, going no, in? Oh no 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 no. Uh, the, the club is drinking everything else. I had had one. I had my first masterclass in 2015 at my own club. Uh, that's the only Amrut we had had in those uh, 14 years. Okay. Jeez. So we're drinking everything else. But for me, I, I used to say that I'm working for IKEA, but my passion is Amrut. Yes. I mean, that's how I know of you. I drink your releases and I'm like, whoa, this guy, like, he's, he's hooked. Yeah. So <laughs> what, what what's happened to me when I got all this bottling? Because I, of course, want to try to get two so I can drink one, save one. Yes. If possible. So I, I started thinking that I got some kind of Amrut fever, a good fever. So when I have like tried to get all the bottlings I could, I started a, a group called Amrut Fever on Facebook. After around four to five months, I had like 400 people joining from all around the world. And at that time, Amrut didn't know who I was, and I didn't know who they were. So the first contact came around four months after I started this club. And they were sending me a message, like, what are you doing? I thought, now I have done something wrong. But they said, this is amazing. You're living in Sweden and have started a club, a group for uh, our brand. Can we join and make this the first club and only club in the world for Amrut fans? And I, of course, said yes. Holy shit. I didn't know. So I started Amrut Fever the 30th of January 2016. And how many members are in there now on Facebook? Uh, That's just kind of a close group. So around 1,500. Okay. Uh, On my open page there is like 27,000 <laughs> that is okay so now so tell me how like I love Black Adder how did that happen how did that marriage happen with you doing one with them yeah so everything went quite fast after 2016 this this, this has taken me on a journey that I could never imagine so this was in January 2016. I started a club and Amrut wanted me to go to India in August 2016. 
a couple of weeks before I should go, Amrut called me and said, you can't go because there is election in Bangalore. So what's happening in Bangalore, if, if it's an election in India, they will close everything regarding alcohol. Because uh-huh. alcohol should not make you bad decisions when you're voting. Ah, interesting. So you can say that I went for my first trip to India alone. I've never met anybody at Amrut. I came to the airport and there was a big sign, Welcome, Mr. Greedy Angel. <laughs> You're like, no, it's Mr. Amrut Fever. <laughs> yeah, but in that note, it was Welcome, Mr. Greedy Angel. And it was the Amrut tattoo where also uh, the Greedy Angel on the poster. My first visit was uh, 2016 at the distillery was closed. So we broke into warehouse one with Amrut guards trying to keep away from the government guards. Yeah, we broke into the warehouse so I could taste something. Then it was like this that Michael Tushek, one of the owners of uh, Blackadder, also was at the distillery at this time. So Michael and me, we went for a trip to do some temples, to do the, yeah, what do you say? Do the Indian stuff. Yeah. In the Indian way. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. We went away to a place it's called Mysore and went to some temples. We went to some palaces. Uh, yeah. Drinking coconuts, everything you should do. And uh, two days later, they called from the distillery and said they can come back now. Because the distillery is now opened again. And we said, oh, that went, went fast. Yeah, it was only one guy that was joining for selection. So then I got my first real trip of the distillery. So that's why how I met Michael from Blackadder. And from that point, we really got a big bond between me and him. So we really clicked. We're talking now, where, where, week. Where's Michael based? Because he moved in Prague. Prague. In Prague, okay. I mean, yeah. Black Hand is just now. I mean, tell, tell, I mean, tell the people the process. Tell the people the process of Black Adder. I mean, they basically what? They pour it straight out of the barrel in the bottle and put a cap on it. Yeah, they are like Gordon McFave, but a small one. Yeah. They buy costs, but they are the only ones that are allowed to buy costs from Amrut. So Amrut do their own bottlings and Blackadder is the only one that can buy and bottle a bottle of Amrut with Blackadder on it. You won't and find you any got- other to, to bottle an Amrut. And you got your name on two of those. Yes. <laughs> and that's, and with those that's a quite special- funny story. Yeah, because, tell me that one. Because Robin is mostly living in Sweden, the the father, the grandadder, as we call him. In 2017, it was like March, maybe, uh, he should have, a, he had a tasting quite close to where I live. He wanted me to come there to his hotel before the tasting and you, you know, your Amrut, could you please just help me like, 
yeah, say what you think. And we were sitting there and he had like sample A, B, C, D, E, F, and so on. Uh, we were sitting there tasting, nosing, and in the end he said, oh, do you like anything or what's, what's the best one here? And I said, yeah, this one I liked really much. Uh, I didn't think more about that. We went for the tasting. He had a special Amrut Blackadder with him just because I was there. And a couple of months later, he called me and said, um, you know, Dennis, I'm, I've been in the, in the industry now for quite a long time. And I'm, I'm writing a book about Blackadder. And if I'm writing about Blackadder, I will write about Amrut. And if I want to write about Amrut, I want also some something with you so could you please send in a photo of you with your tattoos okay i did that and we didn't discuss this anymore and on the whiskey fair in november that year 2017 i went for the our monte that had uh, both amrut and blackadder and uh and so on and uh what do you say my boss at the the importer uh, uh, when I came to this fair there was a lot of people before the fair started there was a lot of people there so I thought something is happening here and when I came there he just put a bottle on the table but with the label not against me so I just saw the back label and it was really dark at that time I, I still love sherry whiskey but and that time, so like, you're <laughs> and I saw the color and I saw, wow. And I took up the bottle and looked at the front label and it said, Dennis Steckel's selection. And I said, like, now you must be kidding me because I have not selected anything. And he said, ah, oh, do you remember you met Robin at that tasting? Wow. Yeah, I did. And what did you say there? What, what, what did you say? Yeah, you liked sample C. This is sample C, so it is your selection. So, as simple as that, I was really like fooled, but in a very good way. Yeah. So, there, there were like 163 bottles, I think, of the first one. Uh, but two years later, there came a new Dennis Deckel selection. I said, no, <laughs> I had not chosen this one. Ah, <laughs> remember once again, I did ask you if there were somebody, another sample that you liked, but you told me that this was not ready to bottle. So oh. we had it for another two years and now it's ready for bottling. So you selected that also. Okay. Fair enough. So that was my two Blackadder Dennis Deckel selection bottlings. And beside of that, beside of that 163 bottles, I also got two bottles, one of two and two of two with my photo on it, with the tattoos. The same liquid, but special labels. That's so cool. That is so cool. I mean, Dennis, when you first, when you had, in 2002, when you had your first kid and you went and bought the bottle of Glenmorangie, did you ever imagine this was going to unfold? 
in front of you? No, 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 no. But even if we're talking about from the Amrut, from starting the club, this has taken me so, so far that, yeah, it's, it's very hard. Some, it's actually hard, but it's hard to believe. Uh, oh, and I, I think it's like, you know, when I started the whole Rolex whiskey thing, I had no idea what it would become. I was doing it for, you know, my kids and I enjoyed whiskey and the opportunities. I could never have imagined the relationships, the talking, getting to talk to a person like you, you know, like even that never, not even a clue that all of this could happen all because of the passion for whiskey. Yeah. So well, one of the things that happened uh, was... Uh, because I was then supposed to like go there every year to just, I had to like know, I, I wanted to know everything about Amrit and to knowing that you have to be there to learn and to see and everything. And I couldn't go 2017. So I went again 2018 mm -hmm. and uh, I was very happy to have my wife with me at that uh, journey. So she could in some way understand how much Amrut meant to me, but how much I meant to Amrut. Yes. So at that time, we also have heard that Amrut is like, they are going to triple their production of single malt whiskey. So we did the old tour of the old distillery, and then we came to the new warehouse, Warehouse 7. And when we were standing there, a lot of people started gathering around the corner of that building. There were all the MDs, the master distillers, and uh, yeah, production manager. Everybody was there. So I said to my wife, there's something happening. So we went around the corner and saw another new house. And that was the new distillery unit. And... Uh, I said to Linda that, yeah, hopefully we will be on this integration of the new distillery. As I had the Amrut fever, I thought this is a perfect chance for me to film this and we can show this new uh, building and new plant on Amrut fever. So I took up my phone and thought, ah, it's time to start filming. Then the MD came to me and uh, touched me on my shoulder and said, you can put your down, uh, down your phone now. And I said to the MD, no, I'm going to film this. But Dennis, you can't because you are going to cut the ribbon. Oh. <laughs> so al already there, two years after, there was some kind of connection between me and Amrut. Because if I had been working for Amrut, I would never got the chance to do this. But yeah. this was something they showed how much I meant for them. For Yeah. So I got the chance to do this. So besides of cutting the ribbon, uh, I also put the first malt in the new system of the new distillery. Oh. And me and Linda also got to fill one cask each. So they are five years old now and are on its way to bottling. Yeah, what's the maximum that it's 10 is, right? That's it. The oldest one, the oldest one that uh, have been bottled so far is two 12-year-olds. Oh, didn't know that. 
Wow. That's got to be, and, and two different flavor profiles, like one sherry, one peated. Yeah. And, and that, that's, that's the funny part because they, they like to sometimes joke around, uh, because the first one was an ex-bourbon, uh, and the second one <clears throat> is an ex-bourbon finish, but it has been seven years in a PX cask. So it's Ooh. really dark. <laughs> but as you can't have the whiskey for too long in, in in a cost that gives a lot of flavor, so they had to put it back on an ex-bourbon cask. Yeah, to mellow it out a little bit. Yes. So they thought that it could, it could be funny to have a really dark whiskey that says ex-bourbon finish. <laughs> what the? Do you see those ones traded very often? Are those up on auction? No, right no they, they, they are. They are. Tr they are truly rare. The first greedy twelve now goes for around three thousand euros. I love it, man. I love your passion. I love watching I your. The first, like right, the first in like, the world that opened one of those. I mean, I, I'm like you're so inspiring with your love and passion for the whiskey. I'm sitting here on the, you know, talking to you, going like, I want to do more like this. I mean, I do a lot of cool shit. But like, I like the whiskey club. I really like the idea of the whiskey club because you can bring so many people to learn. And that's my, you know, I think if, you know, guys like you and me, it's about the education and bringing people to try different stuff. Of course, we have our passions. I mean, your Amrut is my Mictors, you know, Mictors bourbon, yeah. you have them, you love our, it's, it, it, that's part of it, but there's a bigger journey as well. That's like where my art is, but I also will try lots of other different stuff because it's just, and I think it all boils down to the way we're treated. You know, Amrut's been a huge, I mean, your family there, right? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't say I'm working for uh, working yeah. for them. I'm working with them. And, and speaking about that, uh, that was what happened this year, uh, was that Amrut was celebrating uh, 75 years because they started 1948. <laughs> and uh, in about, I don't know what month it was, but it was like in, Springtime, I got a call from Amrut and said, oh, after this uh, summer, we are going to have the 75-year celebration of Amrut Distillery. Okay, and we would like you to come. Uh, if it's possible, uh, could you please say a few words? Wow. And I said, okay. I didn't know what that meant at the time. What was like... Is it a big event? It was a small event or yeah, I didn't think so much about it, but in August, in the beginning of August, I went for the trip down uh, we had decided that I'm going to hold a small speech. And when I came there, uh, I did realize that it was not a small gathering. It was kind of big. So it was 399 Indian people and a Swede. I was the only pe uh, only invited outside India that was allowed to come to this uh, celebration. And got the chance to speak for the true Amrut family was like, yeah, you can't imagine. So, I mean, th th this is, I mean, you know, we've had a great chat and I normally end these shows asking the question, hey, what was that moment that you went, wow, I would, I would imagine that's that moment for you. 
Yeah, but wow. Because I'm a Swede and I'm yeah. a little bit bigger than most Indian people, I really yeah. stood out in every way in that long night. And the, the thing is that what I can't see myself, I, I only see myself, I love, I love Amrut. Yes. But for them, I'm more like, they can't understand how, how I can love Amrut so much. So after this, uh, there were, when you come, you know, when you go for a, like a movie <laughs> with the uh, famous people, they get to on the red carpet and they do some photos. And after the, I held my speech, we went out to this photo wall outside the room, the big room that we had, uh, and MD took me there and he was just laughing because there were people standing in queue to take 399 of them <laughs> a lot of them so i was I like yeah but it was really funny and as i also later that month had my ele should be 50 years old on the 28th of august i did bring home two really special bottlings that also was for the celebration of uh, my 50 years birthday so that's the oldest single cask ever bottled that i got i'm in me home 14. holy shit. ah and what's and what's the profile ah i can't really even say the word but it's uh f amazing <laughs> <laughs> well d i can't thank you enough for taking the time to chat man i love what you do i love amrut i mean i like i like your expressions i love black adder i love the passion and you know the world needs more dennis's you know to go yeah. out there I, 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 I would just tell you one great. one more one more short thing go go i got a business card from amrut also on the last visit and as i'm not working for amrut they give they did gave me another title so on this business card it says dennis Steckel, angel of amrut oh my god that and is that so was that awesome. was really they were really touching my heart so now i have a business card with says dennis Steckel, angel of amrut so it is something to be really proud of Oh my God, Dennis, incredibly proud. You want to tell people your Instagram and how to follow you and stuff? And the Facebook? On, on Instagram, it's Amrut Fever. Facebook. There's one open group that is called Dennis Amrut Fever Steckel. There's around 27,000 people. And then we have the close group for those who are really, if you are a true Amrut person, you should sign up for Amrut Fever in one word on Facebook. Well, I highly recommend everybody go check out what Dennis is up to. And seriously, Amrut is some amazing, amazing whiskey. Dennis, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank today. you for I really having appreciate me. It. Really, I'm really glad nice we got too. to make it work. Yeah, yeah, awesome. finally. Yeah, we did it.
I want to thank everyone for listening to another fun edition of the Rolex Whiskey Passion Project. Make sure to rate them. We got cool people like Dennis and many more coming, and I just can't thank everyone enough for listening. Dennis, thank you again, my friend, and I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you for tonight. <laughs>